nice heterosexual happiness. Yes, only heterosexual happiness. Um... <laughs> since we recorded how's this gonna go <laughs> we're a bit out of practice goes okay <laughs> it's been like what two at least two months since we recorded yes because it was time. like we like, we pre-recorded so much and then took a break for basically the entire holiday season and now we're here again yes it was from like pre-thanksgiving until it is now mid-january <laughs> yes indeed yes indeed it is absolutely happy mid-january new year. happy new year also we forgot to do the intro <laughs> Did we forget or were we saving it? <laughs> <laughs> it that's very much giving a queen is never late. Everyone else is simply yeah. early. It's like, no, I didn't forget. It was no, on no. Hello <laughs> <laughs> to the singular person listening to this podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm Sarah. And we have a podcast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> We fuck. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's why we have to, like, roll the the intro back of it, because I have to have time to think. (laughs) We didn't even say the intro on time, and you still didn't think of anything. No! We purposely gave that job to the person who's the worst on their toes. And yes. that's saying a lot because yes. I'm not very good on my toes either. Oh, I'm terrible. Uh, we So here's a fun story about being bad on your toes. Oh, no. Um, it's not like the worst story in the world. So my sister and her... <laughs> the bar is so low. <laughs> it's okay. It's not the worst story in the world. <laughs> there are way worse stories. My sister and her fiancé... Uh, Got us tickets to an improv show, like a Dungeons and Dragons themed improv show for Christmas. <laughs> that was their gift to us, which is a, a a horrible intersection of words that we did unfortunately enjoy the show I quite a bit. Imagine somewhere I want to be less than the crowd of a Dungeons and Dragons improv. Oh yeah, show. <laughs> it was not. It was a very small theater. <laughs> I believe that. Um, but. My sister kept, she kept telling me, she was like, you should go up, you should go up, you should, like, volunteer. You went volunteer. with your sister? Yes, it was like a double date. <laughs> yes. Um, they don't care for Dungeons and Dragons too much. Yeah, I was like, much. why did they go? That doesn't seem they, something they like. They, they, they had, I think they'd seen it before, or they, they'd been to that improv theater before. Uh-huh. On not a Dungeons and Dragons night. And then... Um, they saw that they had it, and so they were like, "We want to get you tickets to go, on the you know like as a as a as a as a, as a Christmas gift." Hilarious. I know, and so it was then it was like a now we all get to hang out, and so they they went with us as like a, isn't this fun? We all get to hang out, and also a Merry Christmas thing, right? Mm-hmm. But she kept saying like, "You should volunteer. You should go up. You should go up. You should. When are you? You should audition. You should be, become a part. They have classes. You should become part of this improv theater." 
And I was like, what? There's, okay, first of all, first of all, there's so many things that I have to say about this. First of all, this is like an hour away. This is an hour away from where I live. So, like, if I was going to become a part of this improv theater group, I would have to drive at least an hour, probably more, in traffic, um, like, once a week to to come to improv practice. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Um, And second of all, I'm like, I'm terrible at improv. She's like, no, no, you're like, you're so, like, like, it was really sweet. She's like, you're so funny and you've got, like, so many, like, character voices and stuff. And I'm like, that's really nice. That's not improv. Improv is, like, a totally different thing. Improv is, like, so hard. Because you just have to come up with something funny immediately on, like, off the top of your, like, I can't do that. Um, And I feel like if she'd seen, or heard, I guess, the number of times that it was, like, we're socially awkward and... Like, oh, something stupid. Here we go. This is who we are. <laughs> I feel like she would not have had so much confidence in me. That's sweet that she had so much confidence in you, but also it's when very, it's where you're like, yeah. you don't know me very well. It's very sweet, but uh, like it was, I was like, I'm choosing to take this as you don't really understand improv comedy more than like you don't like really, we don't talk as much as we used to. <laughs> like you do not understand what goes into improv comedy because I cannot do that. The last time I did any kind of improv practice was in high school theater, and I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. Oh, I we did improv, like, when I was also in high school theater, we did, like, a brief segment on improv, and I was like, I literally can't think of anything worse. It's truly terrible. It's so bad. We did one of those, this lives in my, my brain and just, like, plays on repeat sometimes, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> we did one of those... One of those improv exercises that is like, like a kind of like the popcorn game where like they start two people off in a scene and then they say, freeze, you replace so-and-so. And then you come in and then they say, go. And then you have to like start from wherever they were. Yeah. Like whatever, like, you know. Um, and so they were like, like, freeze, Sarah, come in. And, uh the person had been in kind of like a gesticulating pose. And so when I got up there, I was like, I am in this gesticulating pose. What am I supposed to do with this gesticulating pose? And I was like, this kind of looks like I'm like uncontrollably sobbing. So I'm like, I'm going to go with that. Um, And so I like start off with this. And he's like, Sarah, no, it's okay. Like like he's, you know, like the, the other, the other kid, he's like acting, whatever. He's like, and I'm trying to, like, I'm like, why am I crying? I have to come up with a reason that I'm crying. So I'm, like, talking about, like, <laughs> like a dog getting hit by a car. And I'm like, it was so sad. And then he improvs. He's like, Sarah, we're on stage. And then I'm like, oh, we're on stage. And so then I'm like, well, I have to, like, get back into character. Like, quote, unquote, get back into character for this improv bit. Where, like, oh, we're on stage. So then I have to say lines. And, like, the easiest lines to say are, like, you know, like, oh, like, Romeo, Ro-, like, that's the, the, the line that everybody knows. And so I go from, like, crying about this dog to, like, sobbing through the, like, the, like, balc- balcony monologue. And then they're, like, freeze. And I'm, like, great. <laughs> and we move on. He was, like, what were you talking about? I like, oh, no, don't ask me. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you about this. <laughs> 
Like, there was such a, there was, like, there was a logical progression of things, but nobody else could see that. I you think know? that kind of implies that there wasn't a logical progression of things. There was, but I'm not good at improv. <laughs> oh my god, that's uh, tragic. It is, and it just plays periodically. <laughs> just like, I'm so embarrassed about it. it still, that was still, years it ago. Was like it was like so 15 years ago, and I'm like, no. Oh, it was so <laughs> No. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, yep. That's so funny. Anyway, we have yeah. like a serious topic we're gonna talk about. Ooh. <laughs> we we started this whole conversation off before we started recording, talking about pantyhose mm-hmm. and slips, because if you don't live in the southern United States, you probably have never dealt with that because it's a very southern old lady thing mm-hmm. to still yeah. wear pantyhose in a slip. Yeah. And I was asking Sarah if she ever had to wear pantyhose in a slip because I didn't. But my family's not from the South, and my family has, like, a little bit less of that, like, weird Southern modesty, specifically. Yeah. And Sarah was like, oh, yes, as a child, I did. Yeah. As a child. As a child. As a child, I did, and I, and, like, I had to wear, like, pantyhose. I had to wear pantyhose well up into, like, my pre-teens, and then... The, I will say this, the pantyhose were kind of exchanged for the slip in a strange <laughs> way. We don't know. No, we don't know. It just sort of happened that way. But there were a so lot of- So you were wearing pantyhose like as a small child? I was wearing pantyhose as like a, like a toddler. Why is someone inflicting modesty principles on a toddler? I don't know. That's the thing that I, like, I've always been confused about is why people get- like, I get that you need to train your kid not to, like, expose themselves, but, like, kids will grow out of certain certain behaviors. Like, certain behaviors, like throwing things, are, like, totally developmentally appropriate and reasonable, and they'll grow out of them. Yeah. Like, yeah, you don't want to, like, encourage it, but, like, they will grow out of it. So, like, the whole, like, lifting the dress thing that, that like, little kids do, they'll grow out of that. Yeah, just they, put them in, like, fucking bloomers or whatever. Yeah, put them in bloomers. Or, like, hell, even, like, I mean, like, if if they've got a, like, they've got a diaper on, they've got a pull-up on, like, they're covered. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? It's and a like, baby. Nobody, nobody is gonna be like, oh my gosh, you put your baby in a diaper? Like, if they see a diaper, they're not gonna be, like, cert- like shocked that there's a diaper under there, you know? No, it's a baby. It's a baby. It's very developmentally appropriate for, like, a baby or toddler to be kind of, like, flailing around, yeah. like... And Whatever. that is, like, that is, yeah, and so it just, it, like, baffles me, but yeah, I was, like, in pantyhose as, like, a very young child, up through probably, like, the end of elementary school. That's insane. Yep. I've never worn pantyhose. And then they were switched out for slips and shapewear. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Pro tip for parents out there, if you're gonna make your kids wear shapewear, first of all, don't, but also... Make them all wear shapewear because then you're not singling out one kid. Yeah, it don't does fat bad. shame your kids. Don't fat shame one of your kids. Don't fat shame any of your kids. <clears throat> no, <laughs> but <laughs> but definitely, definitely don't single out one kid out of out of like the bunch and be like you're the problem. Don't do that. It, it leaves it leaves bad. <laughs> it does bad things to them. Yeah, that's like unforgivably fucked up. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, we, yeah, we had to wear pantyhose for a very long time. And then, and then they were traded out for slips. And then, at some point, 
it kind of I don't know when and it just sort of stopped all of a sudden I think when we got to be like teens properly and we were like dressing ourselves like without really any input then she sort of like I guess I have to stop I guess you don't have to wear a slip anymore I guess you I guess you can wear what you want because she would periodically wear a slip if she wore a dress but she like almost never wore a dress and she would very occasionally wear pantyhose if she wore a dress, but then I was again, like under her jeans no, or like just if she wore a dress. But again, she very very see. This wore. is what you should tell your mom when mm. she's because I know she's that weird thing about like wearing leggings and people seeing panty lines. She'd be like, "Oh, just wear pantyhose under your leggings." There mom. you go, and it's done. Yeah, you're good. Nobody will see your panty line. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, Sarah's mom has this weird thing about like you can't possibly not wear your underwear with leggings or wear like a thong. Like she would never do that. Yeah, but also people, you don't want people to see your panty lines because. You don't want people to know you're not wearing underwear, but you also don't want them to know that you are wearing underwear. Yeah, which is like, so you just do, have you, to... do you want the panty line there or not? Because if they can see the panty line, they're confident that you're wearing underwear and they know exactly where it is. If, they, if you do not wear underwear or you wear a thong, then they can't see the panty line, which seems like that was your goal. But then you're like, I am not going out. Without underwear. With it seeming like I may not be wearing underwear. What is the... (laughs) What what is the objective? What do you want? So instead she just wears really thick leggings and like long tops. Yeah. And it's like now you've defeated the purpose of leggings, which is like that they're very comfortable, they're very out of your way. Yeah, they're breathable, whatever. Yeah, and now you're just like hot and also you're wearing like a really long shirt. Now you're just restricting yourself more and also you're trying to like... You're going to be moving around. Like, you're trying to go work out. You're going to be moving around a whole bunch. Your shirt is not going to stay down. So you've just created a situation where you feel like you have to constantly be, like, pulling your shirt down in the back. If you're going to be doing that, just don't wear leggings. Just wear joggers or something. (laughs) Just fucking wear sweatpants. It just sounds like leggings aren't for you. (laughs) Because you just can't. You just can't be happy. My mom With is, the underwear situation. My mom is like that. It's not about panty lines. She doesn't want people to know she's a butt, which I think is also really funny because it's like, even if you are wearing like a, like everyone knows that you have one because yeah. everybody has one. Everyone has a butt. What are you talking and about? And even if you're wearing like long clothes, like you kind of still see the outline of your So she butt. doesn't want people to see her butt? <laughs> I don't know. So my like, mom works out in leggings and then like a tunic length tank top. Girl, I think it's funny that it's her butt because she doesn't have that problem about her boobs. So it's not like, oh, I, like I don't want people to see my feminine figure. It's just her butt. She, I guess she's insecure about her butt. I, I don't I know. Guarantee Which I guarantee somebody, is so funny somebody said like, something about it like years ago and it's just stuck with her, I guarantee. Like, big butts are in. Like, they are. in fashion. <clears throat> I don't know why. <laughs> I saw this poor TikTok creator the other day uh, talking about, she's like, I'm so mad. Because my natural hair color, they've started it calling, they've started calling it old money blonde. Yeah. Yes. And she's like, I've been dyeing my hair for years. I've been bleaching and dyeing my hair for years. And now I can't even let it grow out because like I have grays and I feel self-conscious about the grays. And so I can't even enjoy my natural old money blonde like hair. I, it's, it's just too much. I'm like, this is, this is why nobody should listen to men ever. Because <laughs> it's like a weird turn. Just, just, just enjoy your hair, and like it's not. It's like yeah, like it's no fun that it was like, like certain. That is the worst thing. 
Because, like, nobody nobody describes, like, brunettes as, like, oh, that's she's got, like, poop brown hair or something like that. Nobody nobody does that. But, like, if you're, a, if you're blonde but you're not, like, a Marilyn Monroe blonde, it's like, oh, it's a dirty blonde or kind of dishwater blonde or a mousy blonde. Yeah, or dishwater so, blonde is, like, the most insulting term. It's so rude. I'm like, why? Why is that the term that we've stuck with? It always, if you look at and it... And it's only blonde. It's, it's, if you look at it, like, and I was talking about this with one of my other friends the other day, I was like, if you look at anything like that, we were like, this is a very toxic concept, where did this come from? It always boils down to someone trying to sell you something. Yes. It always started with a company that was like, ooh, if we make this thing seem out of fashion, then people will buy our product. Yes. To be in fashion. If we want people to buy our hair dye and come get expensive bleaching services, mm-hmm. which is objectively more expensive than just like a straight all over color. Yep. Then we'll convince them that their, like, not perfectly blonded hair is an ugly color. Yep. So then they'll come and buy our services. Yep. And it's that's where all of the, like, horrible fat shaming comes <coughs> from. It's, like, weird diet culture where it's like, oh, well, you'll buy my exercise yeah. DVD or my <coughs> diet or my, book and Jenny Craig my fucking packaged food or whatever. Like, specialty, my, my treadmill, but it's so much more than treadmill. It's a it's treadmill, like, but it also has treadmill. little, like, armband <clears throat> things, and you're supposed to, like, yeah, do the armbands while you're running or whatever. It's a treadmill. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's always someone just trying to sell you shit. Yeah. To tell you that you're unfashionable. Yeah. Buy my shapewear. And you're like, fucking no. No, Can I, I don't want to. exist? <laughs> I'd prefer to just exist, thank you. Please. Anyway, this is not what we were supposed no, to No, this is not what we were talking about, about but it, it's... I, I feel like we could bring it around. We could bring it around. Yeah, the conversation that we were going to talk about, which is something we had talked about, like, a little bit a long time ago, which was the intersection of, like, having a high-control childhood environment mm-hmm. and, like, your kind of, like, early development of, like, ideas of sex and sexuality. Oh, yeah. Which, this is a good concept <clears throat> because it's, like, you're being told from the age of a toddler that your body is sexy mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be. Yeah. And that's very fucked up because you're a toddler and yeah. it's not sexy. No. And also, you should not be... Introducing a toddler to that concept. No, that already they need to start covering up their body. Yeah. No, and and like and that's the thing too is like, I I don't know. Like for some for some people it may be like oh, but it's cold. We need to cover her legs. It's cold outside. Okay, great. Put fucking pants on. Put her. F- put pants on her. Believe it or not, they have invented something to solve that problem. Yeah. Pants. Or like they have things that are not pantyhose. They have like like little leggings for like kids. If you want to put her in the cute Christmas dress, okay, just put matching leggings on underneath. Those are warmer than pantyhose. Yeah, pantyhose are not. If it's about warm. warmth, to do that. But yeah, no, absolutely. It is very much. It's like yeah, it you've it you've you're imposing upon you're imposing upon a child who can't cannot even understand this yet. No. Um, the idea that your, that your body is not for you and you have to, you have to keep it, you have to keep it modest and you have to keep it safe and you can't just show it off to everybody because it's not for you. It's for your husband. Yeah. It's not your body. It's everyone else's. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so, well, it's so ridiculous because it's like. Especially when you think about it, because it, it's, it's, like, even if people don't want to say it, it's a sex thing. Yeah. It's a sex thing. It is a sex thing. It always boils down to, like, well, you know, like, certain areas <laughs> of your body, depending on, like, what people's concept of, like, modesty is, are, like, sexual only. Yeah. And so you shouldn't let people see those unless it's in a sexual context. Yeah. Even before you've developed a sense of sexuality. Yeah. And it's, like, little kids, before they hit puberty don't have a concept of sexuality. You simply don't. Your brain does not work that way yet. Yeah. 
And so, kids will ask questions about bodies. And like, yeah, well, because have, they have a sense of self. They have a sense of self, and they'll have questions about bodies. But it's like, it's from such a, like, scientific perspective. I'm just like, I'm curious about how that works in yeah. the way that a kid is curious about how everything works. Yeah. And it's like, people will immediately turn it into, like, a weird thing. And, like, the first thing you're taught about, like, genitalia and, like, boobs or anything like that is, like, in a sex way. And it's like, there's an appropriate way to teach a small child about, like, that's a private area and you shouldn't let other people touch it. Yeah. Because people are gross and creepy. Yeah, absolutely. But you don't have to, like... But, like... There's ways to teach kids about that without making them feel ashamed of their body? No, because you teach them that... you Like, you can teach them safety separate from this is how your body works. Yeah. You can teach them safety, autonomy, consent, separate from this is how your body works. Yeah. Like, that is a totally separate conversation. Saying, like... Now, it's very important, I want to make sure you know, that if anybody ever tries to touch you in a way that you don't like, you, you tell a trusted grown-up right away. You tell them right away. Yeah. And, like, no, you know, like, you're always going to be safe with me, and you can always tell me that. Like, you, that's a, def- a different conversation than, well, that's your penis. Yeah. And that's what it's, you know, this is what it does, and this is, you know, like, that's how your, like, digestion works, and it comes out this, you know, like, that, that sort of thing is a totally different conversation. Yeah. And it's... But it's not treated that way. <laughs> no, people, like, don't know how to have that conversation. And also, there's so much shame, like, already oh, embroiled Lord. in, like, the future of you being a sexual object. That it's yes, like, we better tell like, this kid right now that they need to be modest. And it's like, that kid's three. That kid is three. Like, <laughs> and it's so weird. This is another thing that'll, like, this is another thing that's, like, that, oh, that's always seemed a bit strange to me in especially, like, Southern Christian circles, is that Christian parents will tell their kids, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you and your future spouse Who? since you were born. That happened to you? Oh, yes. Oh, that's never happened to me. Oh, yes. Oh, gross. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty common thing. Oh, that I the, believe that. That I've been, I, we've been praying for you and your future spouse since you were born. Which is, like, uh, it's one of those things that, like, it, it really, like, there's, there are a lot of layers to it. On some level, there is the layer that is just, you know, praying for your child's future happiness, right? And that's nice. That's nice. Um... But then there's the level of, like, you're praying for your child's future happiness only in this context. And so it's, like, tell it's telling your child this is how you have to, this is the way that you have to be happy is with your future husband or your future wife or whatever. And I've been praying for that. I've been, and that's what's going to make me happy. I'm gonna, yeah, that's what's going to make have me that. happy because that's what I've been praying for for years. I've been praying this prayer for years. And I will pray it for many more years because you're seven. That is so weird. Um, and so there's the, it's it's very strange, and it's it, it is just another example of kind of like high control and very weird, like because it's 
it, it's, it's assuming a lot of things about your child. It's assuming, number one, that they'll want to get married. It is, it is assuming that that is, like, the way that they're going to be the happiest. It is assuming their sexuality. It is assuming their, <laughs> yes, like... Yes, you must have nice heterosexual happiness. Yes, only heterosexual happiness. Um, <laughs> That's the title of this episode. Heterosexual happiness. <laughs> I can assure you I've never once in my life experienced heterosexual happiness. No. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's real weird. And there's, it's a very common thing. It's just, it's just real weird. I feel like it all, like, boils down to, and this is the case for, I think, non-Christian children to some extent, Mm -hmm. but especially in Christian families where there's, like, a very high control, like, high modesty mindset, is Mm -hmm. that there is never a point in your life where your existence is just for you, where you can just exist. You are introduced to the concept of modesty and sexuality and shame from birth. Yeah. And there's never a point where it's like, I'm just going to let you be a kid. And then, unfortunately, especially as, like, a feminine presenting mm-hmm. person, there is a time in your life where you have to be aware that that's a problem. Because yeah. men are disgusting. Yeah. And you have to be aware of, like, how to keep <coughs> yourself safe. Excuse me. But it's there's never a time where you get to not worry about that. Yeah. Because you're worrying about that from, like, an age where you shouldn't be worrying about that. No. And it's there's, there's a lot... There's a lot that's that's a that's problematic about it because there's like so when you're a kid obviously like people are disgusting people can be horrible and so you need to keep your your very young child children safe even from an age before they can really safely understand what it is you're keeping them safe from of course um but like it see like it seems like people people take things like sexual violence and they're like it especially young girls or young like feminine presenting people need to be aware of this so much earlier than is really like because it's just such a threat and it's like i feel like there's still a way to keep your child safe without that being without having to once again impose upon them a a subject and a level of understanding that they're not ready for Oh, absolutely. You know, there's there's a way for it because like you keep your child safe from other kinds of threats without making it like this really yeah, weird like, creepy thing. You're going to get kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody nobody's like, you know, do, like nobody like makes it a big deal about like it's your fault if you like nobody's like, well now make sure that you don't go, you know, like make sure that you don't go like talking to people about their dogs or make sure that you don't go like like walking around like strange car like like there's like I can't even think of a, like a good example for how this could be like construed badly because nobody says it's your fault if you were kidnapped. No. Nobody's like, "Oh my god, what was little Timmy wearing that they kidnapped him?" <laughs> like was he wearing something that seemed like it would be hard for him to run in? Like what like that nobody does that. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault you got kidnapped cause you, because you, you were, were wearing, wearing clothes that were yeah, like too hard to Nobody's run in. like are you going out of the house in flip-flops? No, you're going to wear running shoes. <laughs> you're going to get kidnapped. Because otherwise you're going to get kidnapped and it's going to be your fault. Nobody does that. But then, like, yeah, it, like, very, like, very, very early, you know, some, some kids, like, 10, 11 years old, like, very, very young, it's, you can't go out of the house looking like that. Somebody might, you know, like, somebody might snatch you up and, like, they're going to do all these awful things to you. And they're, like, it's so... Hello? Is that the... It's my mother. Oh. Will you pause? Yeah. <laughs> Please hold. Okay, we're back. <laughs> my mom does this thing uh, where she 
has undiagnosed ADHD and she like won't fully admit it. She she thinks she knows that she has it, but she says it doesn't affect her, which I think is a lie and yeah. funny. Um, because she got me diagnosed with ADHD when I was like eight. <laughs> she was like on that shit so hard, but she not for her. No. Um, just for everybody else. Yeah. And she will do this thing where she like desperately wants to body double. Um, and so she's like, I want someone to like go to the store with me or like, mm-hmm. I, cause my dad is useless and won't do that sort of thing. Correct. Um, and so she's like, I desperately <laughs> want someone to like be here or to like tell someone about this, but I have no one with me to tell. So she'll just call me all the time to just like give me inane updates mm-hmm. about her day. <laughs> yep. Because she just like wants someone to talk to. Yep. And talking to my dad is like talking to a brick wall. And so she had already texted me this morning that she went to the grocery store because we're about to have probably no winter weather. There's like a 15% chance of precipitation. Yeah. And everyone in Texas is like freaking out. Because... In some places... Oh, hello? I'm getting a call now. I'm not going to answer it. Um, in some places it's like 40, but I don't know. But it's not very much. No. But people are freaking out because they always do. And so everyone was, like, rushing to the grocery store. And so she was just letting me know that if I needed anything, which she knows I didn't because I went last night and had to wait, like, a total of, like, almost two hours to pick up three things for my grocery order, which was my mistake. I should have just gone into the store. I didn't think about the fact that people were going to panic for no reason. Yeah. Um, and she was like, just so you know. And I was like, thanks. You know I already went. So this yeah. wasn't so this doesn't help. But... <laughs> But thanks anyway. Thanks, Mom. <gasps> oh, Lord. I don't know how well this translates on the microphone. Ro got me this for my birthday, which was, I'm not going to say what it was, but it was months ago. Yeah. And every time we've recorded the podcast since then, we've had this next to us and then forgotten to use it. And yeah. it has like, I don't know, like 16 sounds on it. There's all, all sorts of fun sound effects. Very cartoonish sound effects. I love them. There's like the... You know, like the wah wah kind of there. See, <laughs> um, but yeah, we keep forgetting to use it. We do keep forgetting to use it. Well, I'll put it right there. We there can we just go. go ham with it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. All of that to say, nobody's like little Sally's gonna get kidnapped, and it's her fault. Um. But boy, but, if you child get sexually assaulted, it's because you yeah. were wearing a dress without pantyhose. Yeah, and then it's like. Yeah, it's just a whole thing. It's a bit... I think it's gotten better. But, like, especially, like, people growing up in, like, the 80s, 90s, it was, like, 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 oh, the neighbor touched me. Well, why were you in the neighbor's yard? Yeah. What? It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. Well, it's funny because in the same... I wish... there there was one thing that I could communicate to, like, Christian parents. Mm-hmm. It's that not telling a child about something does not mean they won't find out about it. Yeah. And that, like, telling them about it in, like, a vague way does not protect them from it. And so they'll do that, where it's like, I won't really tell you what's going to happen, but I will make you feel fear and shame about your body. Yes. But I won't, like, you know, try to explain to you in, like, a reasonable way that, like, you know, sometimes people might try to touch you, and if you don't want them to touch you, like, you know, they don't, like, no one will say that outright. Yeah. And parents also have the same concept with sexuality. Like, we don't talk about sex. And I only tell you, you should only have sex when you're married. And I don't explain to you what sex is or anything. Yeah. You'll just never find out until you're married. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's great. not true. And then you find out in <clears throat> bad ways because you don't know. Absolutely. 
And you don't know how to protect yourself. Nope. Nobody tells you how to protect yourself. They always just tell you that it will happen and that it's your fault if it does. Yes. And that's the thing is, like, even if they don't explicitly, you know, if they don't even, even if they don't do the, like, well, you know, like, you shouldn't go out looking like that. Or, like, even if it's not that explicit, if it's vague and confusing enough, the child will catch on that this is, number one, a frightening, scary thing. And number two... We can't talk about it, which means that it is embarrassing and shameful. Yeah, and therefore I should not talk about it. And therefore I should not talk about it. I should never tell you about it. So all you're doing is setting up a scenario in which, God forbid, if your child ever was harmed in some way, no one is going to know. Yes. No one is going to find out. No. Because that child is too afraid and too ashamed to say anything. And it doesn't matter how many times you, like, get really intense in their face and you say, you have to tell me if something happens. They're not going to. Because you're really intense in their face. That was something that my mom did. And I don't think she meant to do it. I don't think this was something that she intended uh, to come across the way that it did. But my mom's really intense. She is. My mom's a really intense person. And so anytime she was communicating to us about threats, she looked so angry. (laughs) Oh, no! She looked so angry and so intense. And so it was like, you have to tell me. If something if something ever happens, you have to tell me. But it's like, you're mad at me. Yeah, you feel like you're in trouble already. I'm already in trouble. I'm not going to say anything. If something ever happened, I would never say it. And I still haven't. So, <laughs> and I'm almost 30. That's one thing that I don't think that parents understand is that you can never punish your child for being honest with you about something that has happened. If they have come to you and been honest with you about like, hey, I did something and I don't think I was supposed to do that. Yeah. Or something happened and I think it was bad. You cannot then punish them for that because you're saying I'm punishing you for punishing you for being yeah. honest with me. You can. It, it is. Yeah. No. It, you can have a conversation with them about, like, okay, well, why was that, like, a yeah. bad thing to have done? Like, yeah, you can absolutely have a conversation, but it is, you, it is, it must first, it must first be, thank you for being honest with me. That was the right decision. Thank you so much for doing that. I'm really proud of you. I'm really glad you did that. Yes. You have to reinforce that before you get into any kind of conversation about, like, now, I'm not happy that you broke the window, but I appreciate you being honest with me. And let's see what we can do to kind of fix this situation. Exactly. And we'll work on this together. Because the whole thing is, and I don't think, I think, and this is less of an issue now. Now that people are, like, more into, like, more gentler versions of parenting. Yes. This is less of an issue. Yes. In our, you know, growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, (laughs) it was a very control-based parenting method. Yes. And I don't think, I think parents kind of lose sight then of, it's not about controlling the child it's about helping your child understand what is a harmful or not harmful thing for them yes so that when they're an adult they can make wise decisions and so if they've told you hey i did something bad they know it was a bad thing yeah so you don't you, have to punish them it. because they know it was a bad you thing. succeeded as a parent they you they know yeah so and now they're coming to you saying i did something bad and i need your help or like yes. i need to apologize or whatever it is you don't have to punish them they know it was bad yeah, that's that like, was the whole goal it was not to punish them for doing bad things, it was to help them understand yes. what might be bad or harmful for them so they can make wise decisions as yes. they grow up. Yes, 
But the thing when the nineties and early two thousands is like you were you were doing a good job. You were making it as a parent if your if your child was well behaved. And that's something that now I think has really hurt us as a society as as a whole is that people are so much less tolerant of children now because we had a whole rash of time when kids were not allowed to behave like kids. Yeah. And a mark of good parenting was how quiet and well-behaved is your child. And so it wasn't about raising good, moral, upstanding adults. It was about raising well-behaved children. And so now you have all of these people who, like, have never seen what is, like, have never seen the the difference demonstrated between developmentally appropriate child behavior and, and actually, like, like, actually, like, something is wrong acting out child. Yeah. Like, we haven't seen that difference in so long that now people are like, your kid's being loud, and it's like... This is a park. <laughs> yeah. There's a playground. Go somewhere else. Like, if you don't want loud kids, go away from the kid place. Yeah. You know? Like, that's... It's just a whole... It's a whole thing. Because, yeah, it was it was a control-based thing, and it was like, oh, what... We got so many... My mom was always telling us that we... She got so many compliments about us. She would always, like, we would go out somewhere, and then we'd get in the car, and then she'd turn around, and she'd say, I'm so proud of you all. I've gotten so many comments about how well-behaved you are, and about how mature you're all being. Yeah, I love and, a good mature seven-year-old. Oh, yeah, we love a good mature seven-year-old. <laughs> we love, we love a good mature seven-year-old. We love now, a seven-year-old that's already afraid to be themselves. Yes, yes. But that was something that she said all the time. She would always say, like, I, I get so many compliments about how well-behaved you are. And that absolutely reinforces, like, yeah, we're going to continue behaving this way because you're being calm and you're never calm. You're a very intense, very high energy person with undiagnosed ADHD. And, and, and so we're going to, yeah, we're going to keep doing this because you're, you're being soft right now. And, and, and we are all anxious children yeah, you've created anxious children. So anything that makes you soft, we're going to keep doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was abuse, but the pattern is still there. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like controlling children with fear. Yeah. Like, that's that's not how, that's no. not how anything works. No. And I've had many conversations with my parents about spanking. I was spanked as a child. Yes, I was too. Um, And I've had many conversations with my parents <laughs> about spanking because I'm like, so many, like, so every, like, good psychologist, doctor, scientist that you ask will tell you spanking doesn't work. Mm-mm. Because that's not how, like, a developmentally appropriate brain works. Mm-mm. Your brain does not have that understanding of, like, cause and effect yet. And also, that's not the point. <laughs> the point of, of, like, again, the point of training a child is, like, helping them understand, like, yeah. what's a good and smart decision and what's, like, a bad, harmful decision and why. And spanking them because they did something you told them not to do. Yeah, training doesn't train them. Doesn't teach them why that was a bad no thing to do. And my parents are like, I, well, I don't care because why would the Bible say to do it if it doesn't work? And I was it like, first of all, the Bible doesn't say, say that to spank children. It has that stupid verse about like, sp- like spare the rod, spare the child. And it's, it's a, a metaphor. shepherding metaphor. It's a metaphor. <laughs> 
People are not beating the sheep. Nobody beats the sheep. The sheep are important. The sheep are valuable. You don't beat something that's valuable. You don't damage something that's valuable. And, like, that's not how child brains work. <sighs> anyway, so it's like, even if you think that this has happened, this was written, even if you're like, yes, this is definitely about spanking. Someone wrote this, like, 2,000 years ago? More. They did not have brain science then. No. They're not everything in the Bible is still applicable. No. You're fucking over if, here wearing your, like, like, mixed wool garment, and yeah, that's okay, but they, this is... <laughs> this was written by a person who owned slaves. <laughs> Stop it! This is written by a person who was like, yeah, if your neighbor steals your sheep, fucking cut his hand off. <laughs> Not everything still makes sense in that book. And it's okay to be like, oh, we know better now. Yes. This is not, I don't necessarily have to follow this word for word. I can understand that this is about, like, guiding and training your child and not fucking hitting them. No. And that's, and we, that's like a whole other, like, the, the idea of, like, you know, like, taking the, taking the Bible, like, verbatim, word for word, very literally versus, like, taking it contextually versus, like, you know, like, saying, like, okay, this obviously doesn't apply in any situation anymore. Like, there's all, that's a whole other conversation that people have been having for a very long time. That's a whole other conversation. But yes, it is definitely, it's just, there's, there are so many things that it's like, this has been proven time and time and time again to not be effective as a parenting strategy. And parents of our gen, like our our parents' generation will like go to their graves being like, well, you turned out okay. I spanked you and you turned out okay. And you're like, I've been in therapy for years. <laughs> I am not okay. I did not I just, turn out okay. I just okay. can't tell you about it because you trained me that from a very young age that I shouldn't tell I you anything. I can't tell you anything. I told my aunt the other day. So I saw my aunt and I, I was like, my mom was in the other room and I was in a conversation with my aunt. We're talking like somehow we got on the subject of anxiety and I was like, this might as well happen. And I told my aunt, like I was suicidal in college. Like that's how bad things were. But I had to preface it with, I have not told my parents, and I'm not going to tell my parents, because they are not going to react well. No, they would have a weird reaction to it. No, because they... Be a very unhelpful Because reaction. they've already had a weird reaction to a much less serious confession. <laughs> I just wait for... Here's the thing that, that parents don't understand, is when you create this environment, it's exactly what's going to happen. Either you're never going to have a good relationship with your child and they're always going to be keeping something from you because you've made it not a safe environment. Yep. Or one of these days, your mom's going to do something so awful that you're just going to sit up and be like, guess what? I'm gay. I was suicidal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, She's going to be like, my life is ruined. Yes. I know everything I never wanted to know. Yes. Oh, 100%. 100%. And we just, it's... Also, I'm still friends with Taylor. I don't think she's too liberal. Yeah. <laughs> I think she has some really salient points a lot of the time. Sarah's mom hates me because she, she thinks I'm, like, too Taylor. liberal. And she doesn't even, like, and she doesn't even mean that, like, a political, like, she doesn't know anything about what I think about no, anything. No, she just. She just thinks I'm, like, a little too risque, I guess. I, looking, I suppose, I don't talk I don't, to her. I truly don't know. I truly don't know. It could have been something so innocuous. Because, like, my mom, I, I don't want to get into it, but my mom did bring up Gaza. 
in the car. I was captive in the car, and she tried to bring it up, and I was like, I absolutely cannot have this. We're I'm going to make it so clear to you that we're not a good we're not gonna agree on this topic. And I'm going to make it so clear to you that like I, I, I know people who have lived there. My old boss lived in Gaza. We're not gonna talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just it was too much. Oh boy. Um But yeah, it could have been something so innocuous that you said, like in passing, that she was like liberal. <laughs> Sarah's more fucking hates me and I think it's, it's nothing's so ever been funny. funnier or more satisfying to me than it's the fact so that she hates me because I'm like Pam I could ruin your life oh yeah like, oh yeah just you wait also she like I feel like she's just sister. she's like she's just like you know fucking liberal went to grad school like you know got all brainwashed or whatever, or whatever. Mm. I'm just like I, like you would lose any argument you had with me oh yeah <laughs> because I do research and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how, like, every time they do research and they do polls, the people that are the most liberal are the people that have the highest education, and then people always be like, it's because you're getting brainwashed in all these liberal colleges. We went to the least liberal college possible, <laughs> and that was the place where I was like, this seems really bad. This seems like this it's not cannot working. Be right. yeah. This cannot be okay. It just floors me every single time. And I'm like, I also... When people people throw it around so much that I'm like, hey, what do you think brainwashing is? What do you think brainwashing is that you're like throwing around so much that you're like people are getting brainwashed in these colleges? I'm like, what do you, what is brainwashing what do you to think you? Brainwashing is also somehow you're getting brainwashed in college by like sitting there and like getting given like evidence and, and to being, a point and being but told, they would never say that that was happening in church no they would never say no that. you're being brainwashed in college because you're being asked to do like critical like, thought. critical thought and like you're you're being told now it's time for you to go and do your own research on this topic and bring back an essay on this topic with research and i want you to cite your research and all of this stuff that's brainwashing yeah but sitting and just like mindlessly taking in whatever some old white guy says is it's not and then being told but don't talk to anyone who doesn't believe that you shouldn't really engage with material where people don't believe that i'm like that's way that's not even brainwashing that's way closer to brainwashing than going to colleges where you're like yeah here's what you believe and don't get access to anything that says otherwise because you'll stop believing and it's like so you think you're wrong then so, like that's yeah, what like, i'm hearing like that I, i'm hearing if you get access to anything else you'll stop believing okay so you're wrong so you're wrong you have you are <laughs> you have so little faith in your own point that you like can't you can't even entertain the idea that like somebody might challenge it you have so little faith in your own way of thinking that you're like don't challenge us at all please it'll fall apart yeah <laughs> i know it's because I know, like, there's a lot of conversations that I've seen online about, like, whether or not Christianity is a cult. And I don't think inherently it is, but I know, like, the way I was raised, yes. Because yeah. you were not supposed to have non-Christian friends. Like, I only went to a Christian school. It was considered very bad to go to public school. Like, it was very looked down on. You're not supposed to hang out with non-Christian people because they'll they'll challenge your faith and they'll dilute your faith and you'll, you'll just fall away. And all these things where it's like, you're not supposed to engage with non-Christian media. Mm. Like, you're only supposed to watch, like very, like, family values type of shows, like, your parents watched everything before you watched it, and I'm like, okay, when you start controlling people's access to the outside world, that's where you start edging into cult territory, yep. is if you're having access to anything else, <clears throat> you can't have that because you'll you'll leave. 
you'll stop believing. You'll leave. Mm-hmm. And we don't want you to leave, so you can't have access to anything that might make you leave. And I'm like, that's what makes something Feels a, a cult. little culty. Yeah, I don't I, think that all Christianity is a cult, but yeah. I think that that is. Yeah, no, I will say, I was not raised that way. Like, we, my, my parents definitely were controlling about the media that we consumed. Um, but there was not any, like, we did not have the emphasis on, like, no, you can't have non-Christian friends, like, all this stuff. It was not, like, no, 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 you can't talk about it, you can't question it. Um, my mom actually, and it's kind of funny, because we went to a church that my mom didn't like, and so she actively encouraged us to question the authorities at that church because it was like they're not preaching the true word (laughs) i love that it was like we don't like this church but we're not gonna go to a different one it's because my dad my dad worked there there are other churches to work at (laughs) i love it i'm like we don't like this one it's the southern united states there's like thousands but we're not gonna leave we'll just we'll just stay here and not like it because he'd been working there for so long at that point yeah, the, like, whole sunk cost thing that yeah. people get into, where it's like, well, it's been 40 years, and I'm like, yeah. it doesn't have to be 45. No, like, he, he literally worked at that church for, like, 25 years. Oh, my God. But he'd also, like, he worked in that industry in general, like, in that field for um, the majority of his life. Yeah. He started working in churches when he was 18. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, so we, fortunately, we did not have that. We had kind of, like, a little bit of the opposite, which was good. Um, but yeah, this has gone kind of in a, a different direction than we planned. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. They all do. That's all right. They always do. But yeah, jumping back over to the, like, high control and, um, like, early experience with sexuality, like, topic. Yes. Um... I think it's one of the, like, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's, like, so prevalent, because it's all, it's, that one is, like, that one's just across the board, that's not just Christian families, that is, like, most people have, like, poor interactions with their parents about that to begin with, and then it just, like, leads to some weird things, and I think it really should have been seen as a problem sooner, that, like, most people have, like, a weird, like, misconception about sex story from when they were a kid. Oh, yeah. Like, that, like, the fact that most people are like, haha, I thought it used to be called this, or I, I used to think that you had to, like, do it this way, or whatever. Like, that. Yeah, even, like, kids would be like, I thought babies came out of your belly button. Like, they even tell the kid where the baby comes out of? Like, yeah. that's just science. But yeah. people are so weird about, like, sexual parts of your body that it's like, well, you can't tell a kid where a baby comes out of, mm-hmm. because that's also where the baby went into. And it's yeah. like, you don't have to tell him that if he's four. Yeah, no, that's, you can just, you can just tell them, like, the, like, because they're not asking about, like, wh- when they ask where do babies come from, they're not asking, like... Please graphically describe not, to me they're sex. Not, they're not like, hey, which position did you use to conceive me? <laughs> they're asking, where do babies come from? Yeah, you should ask your mom that. <laughs> I absolutely should. Like, do you remember, like, was it missionary? You feel like missionary kind of people. I was gonna say, I cannot really imagine that it was anything but. I have no idea. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) That's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing. that's That's something else that I think, I don't know if that's, like, a normal thing, or if it's, uh, if I, if I should examine this. I really do not have an issue with, like, the concept that my parents are sexual beings and, like, they have, like... No, that's, that's normal. 
Okay. It should be. I it think people be. are weird about that because it's like, like I'm not asking to watch. No. But they're adults and they they're have not, children, so they, clearly yeah. they've had sex at least three times. And I, I, I like, I don't know, like, because people are like, oh, I don't want to think about that, or I don't want to imagine my parents. Like, then don't imagine don't your parents having sex. Picture it in your please head. Don't, like, please don't picture that. But I don't have any problem with. Like, you know, like, the concept that they are sexual. And, like, if my mom wanted to talk about that, she doesn't. But if my mom wanted to talk about that, I wouldn't have a problem with her, like, talking about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't have... It, just Similar to how I don't have an issue with friends of mine sharing, like, explicit sexual details from their lives. Like, not, you know, like, crazy explicit, but I don't think... I think you and I are probably the most explicit people that we yeah. know. Just being like, oh, I had sex last night. It's pretty yeah. cool. Like, that's not weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, saying that or being like, oh, like, we wanted to kind of try this new toy and, like, how did that go? Or, or like, we've been kind of experimenting and I'm really excited about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Great. Sure. Tell me. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you feel comfortable telling me this stuff because it can be exciting to share. Um... So if my mom wanted to talk about those things, I wouldn't have an issue with that. And I think that's abnormal. I think, I most think it's people... abnormal. I don't think that it should be. Great. I'm glad we're on that page. <laughs> I'm think... glad we're on the same page there. I don't think it should be so weird for the concept that, obviously, your parents probably have sex if they probably. conceived and gave birth to you. Yeah. They probably did at least one time. At, at least three at, exactly. At least at three. M- most people in some kind of relationship are having sex. Yes. So, like, I don't know why people are so weird about it when it's your parents. And it's like, they're not asking you to watch. No. It doesn't have, like, they're not- talking about sex does not have to be inherently sexual. Like, no. When we talk about sex, it's not like, oh, we're gonna fuck. No. It's like, oh, I did this thing. Oh, that's cool. Like, that's, that sounds fun. Like, that's interesting. Neat. How did that go? It's just like how you talk about any other topic where it's like, oh, yeah. I may not be personally interested in that thing. But it's like, that's cool. That sounds fun. Or like, yeah. oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, I went to D&D improv and you were like, that cool. sounds like something you would enjoy. <laughs> I can't imagine a thing that I would like less. I just keep imagining that it smelled like the like the Florida Comic Con. Like it really no, it really didn't. Oh, that's it good. was it was not no. It, the, so the to to clear up any misconceptions, it was it's a it's a like a the theater does like lots of different kinds of improv. They serve food there. Like it was a it was a nice establishment. It was like it was you know like a kind of hole in the wall place, but it was nice, and the people were fun and they were very sweet and like very you know like you know, accommodating, stuff like that. Like, they were good, the service was good and all. Um, and, yeah, it was just, like, a normal theater. Because they also put on plays there. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just sense. it was just a small theater, that's all. That's good. So. For anyone that doesn't know what I'm referencing, uh, if you've ever been to a Comic-Con, it just smells like Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic-Con smells like armpits and, like, crushed dreams. Because w- far too many people that attend those kinds of events don't wear enough deodorant. Yeah. And the unfortunate, like the unfortunate <laughs> thing about like things like Comic Con or like other like convention type, you know, is that like there are a lot of people there who like do not practice basic hygiene in the way that they should, and there are the other like there's there's those people, and then there's another cra- class of people who do, but who are also in a very heavy sweaty costume. Yeah, it's just really and not there's a good there's it's a Venn diagram. There's some overlap of people who like don't practice hygiene and are also in a very heavy sweaty costume. And it just isn't good. No. <laughs> it smells bad. It does smell bad. I've been to exactly one Comic-Con on accident. Oh. My family actually stumbled into a Comic-Con. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it 
And I, if I remember correctly, I fear that it may have been a furry convention, and I just didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> because there was, I remember there being people in animal costumes. Yeah. And it's possible that it was, like, anime thing, and I just didn't know, but I kind of think it was a furry convention. Yeah, it was probably a furry um, thing. And I, because I, we were trying to get to, like, somewhere else, and somehow we were, like, went, took a wrong turn, and we were trying to go through, like, the convention center. Yeah. And ended up in the floor of a furry convention. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember just being like, oh my god, it smells like armpits in here, and that's exactly what Comic-Con smells Yeah, like. that's what, yeah. I once stumbled, I was at, I was at a convention, because I've gone to a few. Sure. I was at a convention and, like, was trying to find the food court and um, accidentally stumbled into a furry convention. So there was, like, a, <laughs> there was, a, like, a, an anime convention happening on one floor and, like, two floors down there was a furry convention. And so, like, there was some weird mingling in the middle as we all tried to find the food court. Um, and that was, that was a trip, let me tell you. Cause, especially because I feel like not every person that likes anime is a furry, but I feel like every person that's a furry likes anime. Yeah. I feel like there's a pretty big overlap in that uh, yeah, area. It, it is, as I call it, the, like, not every dog is a poodle, but every poodle is a dog. That's, yeah. It's that. <laughs> Why do we always end up talking about furries? I don't know. This is, like, the third time in the last month that we've talked about furries. It feels like you really want to talk about furries. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I am very, like, neutral to no thoughts about furries. Yeah. <laughs> it's just know. like any other thing in the world that exists that I'm like, oh, this is not for me, but okay. Yeah. I don't know. That's really funny. To know. be fair, I think last time it was you. Was it me? No, I said I thought Daniel might be a furry. Yeah. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> Are you I sure? <laughs> yeah. no, I still feel like Daniel could be a furry. I don't think being a furry always has to be a sex thing. That, yeah, no, and that's what I, 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 here's my, my thoughts about furries as start and stop with, <laughs> no. I don't really get it. <laughs> the way you're just sitting there, like, running your finger through the crack of the couch while you talk to me about furries. <laughs> just, I just want it to be nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, my, my, my thoughts about furries start and stop with, I really don't get it, because, like, when I was, when, when the concept first broke into, like, mainstream thought, it was a sex thing, exclusively. Or that's how it was talked about. I think people make it into, like, way more of a, like, I definitely think it's a sex thing I think people. it's a sex thing. But, but I don't like, think it's all, like, I think some people just like getting dressed. I think the intersection of people who are furries and people who have a neurodivergent disorder mm. is pretty high. Yeah. But I think some people just really like it. Yeah, I think, yeah, because so, I know for some people it's more of a, like, it's a, like, a, I feel like I can be more free because I'm not myself. I'm yeah, this cool I, character I'm that just, I've come up like with. It's like people that play D&D. Where yeah, like absolutely. It's just, I, like, I can be this character and not be myself, and it's easier to do things that I want to do under the guise of this character. Yeah. Just, like, as myself. Absolutely. But, yeah, and I guess it's, it's, like, you know, certain, like, elements of, like, BDSM and things like that that it's, like, yeah, this doesn't have to be sexual. Or roleplay doesn't have to be sexual. Things like that. And it's like, yeah, I guess it doesn't have to be. But, I don't know, I think it may be just, I'm just really horny, and so I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't have to be? What are you going to do then? <laughs> we have to stop talking about furries. We have to. This is supposed to be about Christianity and high-controlled childhood. Yeah. Let's talk about furries. 
Clearly, what? let me tell you, this is example A right here, that having a high control childhood does not protect your child from anything. No! <laughs> I have never been protected once. <laughs> um, what were some of, because I know that you had, like, a pretty early, like, a pretty early exposure to, like, sex and sexual topics in, a, like, a, it sounded like, it sounded like a relatively healthy fashion. Yeah, I got pretty lucky in that I read a lot, and my mom was a little less protective of books than she was of media. Mm. I think because it was like, what well, am I going to read that book every time I'm going to read a book? <laughs> She's like, I'm not going to read this fucking tweet book. But she would like watch, you know, like a movie if she wasn't sure about it yeah. before we watched it or whatever. Um, but she was like, I'm not going to read that. And so she would just kind of, if she wasn't sure, she would kind of look at the book, but there was a there was a pretty early age where she was like, it's probably fine. Yeah. And I was reasonably responsible with what I read. Like, most sure. of the stuff I read that I shouldn't, well, she would have thought I shouldn't have been reading, was on my, like, iPod Touch because my mom didn't know what Wattpad was. <laughs> and she didn't know how it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so she thought it was just, like, a reading app. Um, but I do remember, I read this book, and it was called... Eleven? Hang on. It's specifically about this, like, young girl who's, like, developing and it, like, takes through, like, every year of her life. Oh, that's interesting. And just kind of, like, her, like, you know, she gets, like, her first crush on a boy and she, like, gets her period for the first time. Right. And so she's, um, so it's just kind of, like, talking about that. So my mom was like, oh, this seems, like, you know, reasonably, let's see, here we go. It's by Lauren Miracle. And it's, yeah, there's, like, a whole series, and they go up to, like, uh, 14 or something. Huh. Um, but it's, like, this, like, sort of awkward teenage, like, preteen to teenage girl. It's called 12. 12 is the one that I read. Okay. And it takes her, like, all the way through, like, being 10 to, like, 14 or whatever. Interesting. And so there's a scene, there's, like, a scene in it where she is, and I really liked it because it talked about, like, and I read it, I was probably about 12 when I read it. Like, yeah. Well, I think I was a little young. I was probably, like, ten. Because um, I remember when it happened, and I think I was ten. Um, but, yeah, my mom, like, looked at it, and was like, oh, this seems fine. And it was actually nice because it talked about, like, periods yeah. more thoroughly than my mom did. Like, she did tell us about periods, but, like, not very well. Yeah. And I don't think she meant to. I think it was more like, she doesn't, like, when you've had your period your whole life, you don't really realize what someone may not know about them, because it's like, yeah. well, that's just what a period is. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm nine. I don't know what Yeah, that I don't is. know what the fuck that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> and so it talks about, like, you know, getting periods, and she, like, got her period for the first time. I was like, oh, that's actually really helpful. Like, yeah. Yeah, this is good education. And then there's a scene, and I actually think this is good, too, where she and her friends are talking about, like, one of them heard about sex. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what is sex? And I think it's her... Either one of them has, like, a, one of those, like, body books or something like that. Oh, yes. And they're talking about it, and then they ask her dad about it, and her dad, like, you know, tells them what sex is. Okay. And I was like, this is, this is like, a healthy, developmentally appropriate way to learn about sex. Probably why those books were written. It is exactly why those books were written. Yeah. And I think if my mom knew that, she wouldn't have wanted me to read it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, that was healthy, developmentally appropriate. I was 10. That wasn't, like, a what, totally yeah. inappropriate age. And it just, it wasn't, like, weird. It was just like, oh, well, like... You know, of course it was, like, a heterosexual, like, to have a baby, like, a man puts his penis inside of the woman, and, like, that's how you make a baby, and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. 
I mean, definitely right after that was when I started reading, like, Nick Jonas' smut on Wattpad. Yeah, and you were like, That was not developmentally... Well, I think it was, actually. Honestly, I stand by that. That it was... That is such a common, like, universal experience of, like, I'm 12 and I'm going to read, like, these, like, weird fan fictions about celebrities I like or, like, about Link from The Legend of Zelda or whatever. I think that that is totally developmentally appropriate. It is. People don't want to admit this. It is developmentally appropriate for, like, preteens and teens to be interested in sex. Because that's when your body starts getting ready to be interested in those things. Because they are developing a sense of sexuality. Yes. That's what that's for. Yes. Exactly. And it's okay. That doesn't mean they're ready to have sex, but you should have conversations about, like, masturbating. Conversations about feeling sexual desire. Mm -hmm. Like, it's totally developmentally appropriate to be interested and curious about those things in, like, the kind of, like, 10 to 13 age range. Some kids won't. Some kids will not be ready yet. It just depends on the person. Yeah. But, like, it's not... There's people really feel like if you start talking about sex, you're going to start having it. Yeah. And it's, like, the only way to help your child have sex at an age-appropriate time is to have conversations with them about it. About what it is. And how you know if you're ready. And, like, how to have it safely if you're going to have it. Yeah. And, like... You know, all these things, instead of making it weird and shameful, and then kids have it on accident, they don't even know what sex is. Yeah. The thing that really confused me, anytime somebody's like, anytime somebody's like, well, you can't talk about that, because then they're going to want to have it. They're going to, like, go out and they're going to want it. I'm like, did you? Did did you, parent of a prior generation, did you hear about sex for the first time and immediately think to yourself, well, let's go fucking test drive this thing? Like... (laughs) No, you didn't. Yeah, most kids think it's gross when they first learn about it. Because, because it sounds it gross. It is gross. It is gross. And you're not, like, developmentally ready to have it just because you're, like, yeah. starting to be interested in it. Honestly, that's one of those things that I kind of feel like that might be, like, like a like a, like a a protective design in the brain. Where it's like, sex is going to be, like, the grossest thing ever. And I'm, it's going to sound horrendously gross until you're ready. Here's like, the basically, thing. your brain is going to, like, just be like, ew, until something else in your brain is fully developed, and it's going to override the ew and be like, oh. I think the thing is that because when you first start to develop, like, it's when you hit puberty, is when you start to develop, like, yeah. secondary sex characteristics, which is why you become interested in sex, is because you're starting to have sex hormones in your body and right. at levels you did not have them before. And I think... Part of why it sounds so gross is the part of the thing that makes sex nice is the, like, connection of it. Mm -hmm. And, like, not everyone has sex for the connection. But it's, like, especially at that age, you're not having sex because it feels amazing. Because you have not figured that out yet. No! It's, like, the instinct of it. And, like, yeah, like, if you figure out how to have an orgasm, like, that can feel nice. Yeah. But, like, you have not figured out how to have good sex yet. And you won't for a while. Yeah. So it's, like... Especially as, like, a, you know, a young teen or child, a lot of times it's either I want to have sex because I feel like I shouldn't, or because I'm curious about it and I want to know what it is, Mm -hmm. or a lot of times it's, like, I have my first serious partner, and, like, this is a thing that people in romantic relationships do. Yeah, I feel like we're supposed to. I feel like this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah, and, like, maybe we want to, and we're gonna try it or whatever, but, like, you haven't gotten there yet when you're, like, 13, so you're like, that just sounds gross. Yeah. Because I don't know why it would be good, because I don't know that it feels good. I don't know how to make it feel good. And I don't probably have anyone that I'm really romantically interested in yet because you're still developing, like, a sense of, like, Because you you also have not really developed the, like, capacity for a romantic attraction. Yeah, so it's like, you're just like, ew. It's, 
sounds weird because none of the stuff that's good about it has happened yet. Yeah. So you're just like, ugh. <laughs> yep. Did you have any, like, weird, like, misconceptions about sex when you were when you were a child? I don't think so. I think because I learned about sex at, right at the age-appropriate time to be learning about sex that I already knew what it was, so a lot of times when other kids said weird stuff, I was like, well, that's not true. Good for you. I think I got lucky. <laughs> I think you did, too, yeah. Because I, I know kids will say stuff. But oh, also, yeah. at my school, like, it was kind of hard to... you. There weren't a lot of conversations you could have outside the ears of a, an adult. Yeah. So it was kind of hard for kids to be, like, talking about sex a lot. Yeah. It's like, you can't really go anywhere where someone's not going to be like, hey, stop talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Did you? Or were you oh, asking that because oh, yeah, you most, did? Most of the shit, like, I just figured it was like, that would probably be a fun thing to end on. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, definitely I did, because I did not get a, like, a, a good thorough explanation of what it was. I got, like, the weirdest, most vague explanation of what it was. And then a lot of, like, really poorly misinformed fan fiction f- f- written by 13-year-olds. Um, and so, yeah, I was like... <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of what some of them were. I know that my mom had me convinced that, like, kissing could get you pregnant for, like, a long time. Like, longer than I care to admit, really. How old were you, Sarah? <sighs> it was one of those things where I have I feel like I have to qualify this. It was one of those things where <laughs> Sarah's about to say it, a very old age. I, I unfortunately it. am. But it's it was one of those things where like I was I was aware, I was like logically I know that this cannot possibly be true. But I don't feel confident in the information that I have that disproves it. And so, I, uh, while logically, yes, I know that this is impossible. This is ridiculous that this would be the case. My base of information that, that like, holds that in, like, as, as, as something that is false, my base of information is so shaky because I just don't know where to get good information. Yeah. That... The, it was it, it was an embarrassing lo- embarrassingly long time before I was like, no, that's dumb. That is, like, I don't know why. I don't know if she, like, genuinely believes that or if that was something that she said that I mis- misinterpreted because I didn't have a base of information. I don't know what that was, but that's ridiculous and that's false and that is a misconception. But it was, I was in college. I figured. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, because again, like, I really did not have a good base of information until college, yeah, I did not have a. I didn't have a a like a, a solid understanding of my own anatomy until I graduated college. Oh no! So <laughs> we were we were not working with good stuff here. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, sex education in the country is not very it's, good. It's not very good, and it's very important. It is very important. And the, the, yeah. the amount of people that don't know that you can pee with a tampon in is, like, really upsetting. Oh, yeah. That always confused me because I was, like, because when um, when I got my period for the first time and my mom was, like, you might want to try a tampon. I tried a tampon. I've never been able to get a tampon. I've gotten a tampon to work for me one time. One time. I got a tampon to work and I was, like, yes, I did it. But she didn't tell me about, like, 
ha- like the proper use of a tampon. So she didn't tell me like you're gonna want to change it out like probably this many times, and you know like these are the. She things. was just like try a tampon. Yeah, literally, she was like try a tampon, and if you need help, just let me know, and I'll come and help you. And I was like, there's no fucking way I'm letting you into this bathroom stall with me. Yeah, what? Yeah, but I mean, I'll come help you. You're gonna put it. You're gonna be like, yes. here you go. Yes. Bam. Yeah. Which, like, probably would have been helpful because I still, again, I'm 30 and I still haven't been able to get a tampon to work. I, I mean, sometimes they just don't work for people. But they, I, they just simply do not work. What for is me. the problem that you have with them? I do, I have not figured out how to get them like in the like I I haven't figured out the proper placement, and so every time I do it, I think it's too shallow and it hurts. Oh yeah, it should be like as far as up as it'll go. Yeah, and I haven't figured out how to get that to work. Usually a finger. Yeah. Because a lot of times the problem with the, the ones with the applicators, which is a lot of countries don't have them, and I feel like that's easier, is that you can't feel anything with the applicator. So like a lot of times it'll get kind of stuck in the applicator, and then it will like kind of come down further. Yeah. It should be like literally all the way up as far as it'll go. Oh okay. Because your vagina only has sensation for the first like inch or so. Yeah. So it's like yeah, if it's if it's in any way near that part, it's gonna feel weird because yeah. there's something poking you in the inside. Yeah. So it should be like more up by where your cervix is. Oh okay. And the string shouldn't be like I mean you know people's like vaginas are different lengths, but yeah, it shouldn't be like a ton of string hanging out. It should be pretty uh, far up. Okay. Because it can't. I mean, it can only go as far as your cervix. It can't like get huh. lost up there. Yeah. So, but yeah, it should. It's like like further than you think. Good to know. Yeah, because it, it is kind of I might give it another try sometime. There you go. Yeah, usually it's easier to, like, do it and then just kind of take your finger and just go, whoop. Hmm. <laughs> like, push it in as far as you can get it with your finger. Hmm. Okay. Because it'll stop if it's all the way in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not like, oh, I'm just going to push it indefinitely I in think my body. Pro- like, yeah, I think my issue is, like, But no yeah, one tells you that either. Like, no, nobody tells Unless you know how yeah, service Yeah, my issue work. has been with the, with the applicator trying to get the applicator past that, like, couple inches of sensation and trying to get that up to a point where you can, like, push it in. Because, um, it's rough. Usually it's like, I, it's, first of all, you should lubricate the applicator. How do you do that? Ooh. You just carry lube in your purse? <laughs> no, but you can also just put it in your mouth. This is all new information. <laughs> yeah, you can just, like, put it in your mouth and just suck it out a little bit. It's kind of gross. Like, just new information. It, but, like, it's not anything grosser than that's already going up yeah, there. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, you can, like, just spit on it a little bit if you don't. Huh. If you, yeah, if you're not at home, just spit on it a little bit. Um, or just take it out of the applicator and use your finger and just wash your and hands. And just like, yeah, that makes more sense. Because yeah, because you know it's already kind of shaped that way, so you can kind of just like get on the tip of your finger and just like use your finger. It's really not that hard. Mm. But once you kind of do it a couple times, okay, yeah. I don't prefer tampons either because I find them frustrating. But I I yeah. have figured out how to do it so that it's not. That's why it is I've, uncomfortable. That's why I've gone for the like I've never gone for the cup. And people have told me like, oh, you should try the cup or try the disc. And they're so nice and it's like great. Especially people have told me about the disc. They're like, it's awesome because you don't have to change it. And you could just, like, you could just stick it in when, when, like. Oh, no, no, no. You're supposed to change, like, you're supposed yeah. to take it out. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not going to try it either way because I can't even get a tampon to work, so. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I feel like but that's, that's, yeah, that's think, like, a prerequisite for trying a cup. I think things for cups and discs are a little easier because you're they're meant to be applied with your hand, and so it's yeah. a lot easier to control. Well, and they're because you they're, can feel it. They're silicone, so, or, or you know, like yeah, they're so they're slicker. Because that's always been my issue is like especially the ones with like the 
the the cardboard or like paper applicator. Oh, it was like, horrible. It's already so like it's so rough to have this like like there's so much friction here that it's not good. It's really painful. Yeah. I do not like it. Yeah, it's usually e- easier if you're, obviously if you're home or like whatever. Just yeah. Like, a little bit of glue, but yeah, you can just spit on it. Yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I got a tampon to work one time, um, and I think part of it at the time was because I was like. 14 something you know maybe like that but all of the all of the like menstrual products that we had in the house were my mom's you know like she had been buying menstrual products because she was premenopausal like she's still she still had a period at the time and so all of it was for her but she's had three kids and so her experience was very different yeah. Well, um, when you're 14, like, usually you don't need, like, that intense of a product. No, exactly. You're very but, young. Yeah, but so she was like, oh, you should try a tampon. And she had, like, large tampons. And so I found one extra, extra small tampon. And I was like, we'll try this. And that one worked for me. And I was like, yes. I don't think there's that length and on size differences. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it, it was a markedly different size. Yeah, well, there's, like, yeah, they'll be, like, thicker, but it's not, like, necessarily a size difference. It's, like, an absorption difference. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the like, little easy-to-use ones are way easier than, like, the big giant ones. Yeah, she had, like, the, like, the, the like, like, super absorption The, like, heavy ones flow ones yeah. that were, like, a little bit thicker, and I think that's why. Yeah. Yeah. But I got the one, one time to use. But nobody ever told me how to, use, like, how to, like, how to actually use it. Yeah. So it was just like, you can try a tampon. And so I was like, I guess. She's like, you probably don't know where your vagina is, but try a tampon. Yeah, try a tampon. So, yeah, first of all, it was like, let me find my vagina. Figure out which hole it is. Figure out where that There's is. There's so many holes. So many holes. Then it was, um, then it was like, okay, now we have to get it in. And I was so, I was like, oh, finally I got this in, but I didn't want to take it out because I was like. That was exhausting yeah, to put in. Try that, again. that was an that was a feat of athleticism to get that in because I'm like contorting. I'm trying to see what I'm doing. I, this is horrible, and so I just like left it in for way longer than you're supposed to. I think. Um, <laughs> I think. I don't know because first of all, it was years ago, yeah. and second of all, I don't know how you're supposed to. I, I've never used them, so I don't. Know. Yeah, like four to six hours. Yeah, but uh, I left it in like, like all day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't die. I didn't get I didn't get sick like there was nothing wrong no. but it was like definitely not what you're supposed to do, um. But yeah, you when you leave it in for that long, you definitely learn very quickly. Yeah, you can pee with this in because I've had this in for like twelve hours and I've had to pee today. So. Yeah, I remember having a friend in high school that was like, oh, I don't have I have to pee really bad, but I don't have enough tampons left, and I was like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Not how that works. But I also didn't prefer tampons, so I was like, maybe I just don't know how tampons work. I also, it's always confused me, because it's not like a plug. Like, it is, but it's not. It's just, it's just highly absorbent. Yeah. So it's not like, if you were like, I need to pee, but I've got a tampon in, like, why can't you just pee? I've never understood what's stopping people. It's not a cork. (laughs) (laughs) Because then it's not, like, then it's, like, fully saturated. I think the thinking is, if it's coming out of the same hole, okay. and I, like, then pee it, on then it, it, then it's, it's like, not, oh, I have to change it, yeah. because then it's, like... Not doing its job anymore. Okay. Which, to be fair, yeah, if it was coming out of the same hole, having something soaked in pee just, like, sitting up inside of you, would, not smart. Not smart. Would be very bad. Would be very bad for your <laughs> also, health, I think, probably. they don't come out of the same hole. They don't. At all. They do not. 
This is a very long episode. This is gone. Half of it is us talking about tampons. This has gone some places. I learned something, though, today. This is cool. Yeah. You can also be almost 30 and not know how tampons work. Yeah. So many people don't really. Yeah. Know. I don't. I don't. Because nobody it. tells you. Nobody. Nobody tells you. Everyone's yeah. just like, here's a tampon, and you're like. I don't feel any particular shame or embarrassment over that. It's just like, I just can't get it to work. I did, I will say this, I was very embarrassed a couple weeks ago because I was like, I got my period. We were at church. I didn't have anything in my bag. Like, I'd I'd run through the stuff in my bag and I'm like, shit. Okay. Time to do the, like, toilet paper one. Yeah, and so I was like, so I went to the bathroom and I was like, I guess I can do the toilet paper thing. But then I was like, they have... What products what available, for, you know, like just for people, and I was like, okay, well, maybe, but all they had were tampons, and I was like, I'm like, oh, a, no. I, I was like, I'm an adult, I can figure this out, like surely I can figure this out. Yeah, I've had things up my vagina, I can put this up my, I can do this, and so I t- I take one of the free tampons, like go in the stall, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, try to figure this out, and I like get it up in there, I'm like, I think that worked, and then I stood up and straightened, and like the movement of it, I was like, oh no, that's, that's painful. That hurts. And I tried to kind of like wiggle to see if it would like settle. And I was like, nope, it's not settling. So I was like, um, okay, you know what? We'll just, maybe, maybe it's just, it's just unfamiliar. I just don't do this ever. So like, maybe it's just unfamiliar. And I like try to like gracefully exit the stall and I'm like, nope, this is, this hurts. Okay. What do I do? And so I like, I exit the stall and I'm going to wash my hands and there's two other ladies in there. And I was like, Hey, I have a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather pass away than ask a stranger in the bathroom. Hey, why does my tampon feel weird? I was like, I was like, I just don't normally use these, and I, I just need to know. It's not supposed to hurt, is it? And they're like, No, it's not supposed to hurt. And I was like, Great, I'll be right back. Just be right back. Um, and I went in the stall, and I took it out and that hurt way worse too because it was like in the wrong spot and just hurt so bad it was like there was like no lubrication on it at all at that point and I took it out and I was like now what do I do <laughs> because at that point I've like gone through this whole process and I'm like I I just want like a regular pad like I don't want to put this scratchy ass nasty toilet paper up against me I just want a regular pad <laughs> and so by the time I finished up in there I went back to my seat and I'm like I'm like what do I do? I'm like having like this anxious, like nervous episode, and Daniel's like, "Are you okay?" I'm, like, I'm not okay. <laughs> I don't have pad, but I need it. And he's like, "Do you need me to go get you one?" I was like, "Yes." <laughs> and so he went home. Why didn't you just go home? Because I was like, I felt I was like, I, I didn't want to miss the service. <laughs> I was really upset. I was like, I don't want to miss it. I want to be here, and I wanted to talk to so and so, and I need to like, I want to be here, but so I don't. You made have... Daniel go all the way home and get I a didn't pad make him. Back. He offered. <laughs> I was not going to suggest it. I was just going to be upset for the whole service. But he was like, No, I'm going to go home and get you some. How far is your house from the church? Like, like five minutes. Like, okay. we could walk there. We have walked there. <laughs> it's around the corner. So, <laughs> so that was the last time I tried a tampon. <laughs> yeah, the solution is generally to push it further. I'll just, not just take it out. Time. <laughs> oh god. 
episode's an hour and a half long. I feel like we need to go. <laughs> I think this is the place to cut this off. <laughs> what did we even call this one? Heterosexual happiness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, thanks and we're sorry? <laughs> I think that's, I think, I, yeah, we're sorry. 